0: My name is Kate the Socialite and you're listening to episode 234 of The Kate Show. You guys might be familiar with the term glow up when it comes to personal appearance and lifestyle, but have you ever applied that same concept to your business? At the heart of it, glowing up involves taking small definitive actions that improve your overall quality of life, appearance, and presence. And while this episode isn't about adding a hot girl walk into your morning routine, though the viral four mile walk probably wouldn't hurt any of us, it's about self-care from the standpoint of entrepreneurship. As business owners, we tend to think of ourselves and our businesses last. Our businesses get any leftover energy we have after working with clients. Our businesses take the brunt of our experiments. And after a while, things tend to start looking a little haphazard and neglected. Are you ready to refresh your business and renew the excitement you have for it while giving your professional confidence a little boost? Well, then let's do it. Before we dive into that, I do want to share a review of the week from Haley of Design Your Dream. Haley left this awesome review for the podcast on Apple Podcasts. And here is what she said. If you want to grow your business, hire Kate and her team. I've been using Kate's marketing services ever since I started my interior design business six months ago. Her wisdom about marketing, her easy-to-use templates, and her willingness to respond to my emails in a timely way has ultimately helped grow my business faster than I could have ever imagined. I have used Kate's guidance in all my marketing materials, website, print, video newsletters, and blogs. Her marketing skills have been no doubt the catalyst that has launched my business growth. I'm so grateful for Kate and her talented team. The value that she brings to me on a monthly basis is worth its weight in gold. Haley, thank you so much for writing that review. And honestly, I don't know, you give me a little too much credit. I mean, you have just worked your tail off in your business And I am so proud of what you have created. That is something that you did. So you go, woman. This is amazing. And guys, I am going to have Haley on the podcast very soon because I would like for her to share her wisdom with you guys, to share her story. It's amazing. It's inspiring. And I'm really, really looking forward to having Haley on the show. All right. Now, before I get into today's actual episode, you know, I've got some sponsors for you. The first and most important being side door. And you guys heard my conversation with Chad from side door here on the show recently. It's pretty cool to have a company that even though they're growing quickly, they still take time for those long form one on one conversations. And Chad and I definitely went on a few rants because that's what we do. We think very similarly when it comes to business and life in general, as it would seem. And that is why I am excited to continue my media partnership with them. So if you're an interior designer or a home stager and you're like, you know, I really want to scale my business, but I'm not sure how and I'm sick of this blog affiliate marketing because I get one or two percent in commissions. Well, Side Door was created to fix that problem plus a bunch more if you want to make an average of 30 percent on commissions, then you need to check out side door, especially if you would prefer to send your clients to trade only products that you've curated versus sending them to big box stores like Pottery Barn. There's plenty of that out there for the people who want it. You know, wants to shop retail. Like Chad said in the interview, they don't need your help doing beautiful curated items that look good together. Because the average homeowner, including myself, doesn't know what looks good together or whether it will fit in their space and therefore we just don't buy it or we go the cheap route because we're like well if we make a mistake at least we're not out a ton of money but the problem is those cheap items only look good for a few months and then we're back to square one again frustrated and needing your help so if you are ready to expand your business into selling more products side door could be for you go to onsidedoor.com to apply and get started today this episode of The Kate Show is also brought to you by HoneyBook. If you're looking for a streamlined way to improve your client process and uplevel your business, look no further than HoneyBook. HoneyBook can automate your client bookings, questionnaires, contracts, and invoices. Go to share.honeybook.com forward slash socialite and enter the code socialite to receive 50% off your first year. This is the most lucrative offer they have out there right now. And it is well worth your time to check it out. All right, guys, let's get into how to glow up your business in seven easy steps. Marketing your interior design or home staging business should be easy and relational. My name is Kate the Socialite, and I believe in action, not just ideas. And I share strategies that have proven to work right here every week. If you're serious about growing your business in the home industry, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Kate Show. All right, well, guys, let's just get into this. The glow-up routine for your business involves a few one-time actions and several ongoing habits so that if you commit to developing them, will further your business and make it more attractive to the right clients and partners. Number one, ditch the freelancer gear, including free email accounts and freemium software tools. Are you still using a gmail.com account for your business email address? Come on, it is time to get a professional email address that matches your website domain because, yes, it's worth the money. And when you first started your business, you might not have realized that small details like this speak to your credibility, and they really do. You aren't a freelance interior designer, stager, organizer, or window treatment creator. You are the real deal. And people who are the real deal have real professional email addresses. Besides, it also increases the deliverability of your email marketing if you're using a .com domain that matches your website domain versus gmail.com, Outlook.com, MSN, Yahoo, (laughs) or whatever else is still out there floating around. Additionally, check your website and client portals for any freemium tools that still bear a powered by quote unquote logo. Paying to remove these things is just the cost of doing business. So if you need to use a specific tool or platform, make sure you can remove that platform's branding, even if that means upgrading from a free account. Common places that I tend to see this powered by branding include Wix and Weebly websites that are not on a business plan, Squarespace sites that have not been fully customized, as well as Calendly and MailChimp accounts that are still on the free plan. When you try to run your business off free accounts, you're telling your clients that you don't quite take your business seriously yet. And like, why? Why would you do that? If you want people to trust your business enough to pay you, you have to trust and invest in your business first. Now, does this mean that you have to have like 15 different platforms you're paying for every month? No, absolutely not. Go back and assess whether you actually even need those platforms at all. Upgrade the ones that need to be upgraded and delete the rest. Number two, get professional photos of yourself doing whatever it is that you're trying to sell. A brand photo shoot might feel intimidating, but it's pretty simple. You'll need to set aside a few days of preparation, a day of photography, and it will result in one to three years worth of images to use in your business. Pretty good payoff, I'd say. While a standalone headshot is somewhat useful, those photos don't do much to elaborate on your services or create connections with potential clients who visit your website, who read your emails, or who follow you on social. To present yourself and your business strategically, you need to work with a brand photographer who can capture you and your team and show you all in action. I mean, (laughs) by the way, guys, imagine how hard this is for someone like me who runs a virtual agency, has a virtual I rely on the photographer to capture the essence of me, because that's really what people are looking for anyway. Same is true of your business. And regardless of your business type in the home industry, regardless of how new your business is. Professional photos will make you look like you know what you're doing, even if you feel like you don't. Set up the photo shoot in your own office, your home, or on site at an actual client project so that you can display your personality and skills and provide the slice of life that people are needing to see from you. Number three, get a logo that reflects the type of client you want to attract. Okay, guys, I have to insert some more personal stuff in here because, well, I'm excited. I am rebranding Socialite this year. Yes, I'm doing it. And I'll be unveiling the new aesthetic and suite of logos in January 2024 because everything will be wrapped up and sealed and delivered to me right before Christmas. And I can't even begin to describe how excited and how invigorated and empowered I feel to be giving my brand this refresh. Now, if you're wondering whether you should do the same, I've got a few questions that you could consider. First of all, do you currently have an established color palette, font pairing, and multiple versions of your logo for various use cases? If no, then you need to rebrand. If you do have all of these things, do they still accurately represent your ideal client? Maybe your ideal client is really playful, but your branding looks really stoic, or maybe the opposite is true you need to make sure that the visuals match who you're trying to attract. A lot of us like to default to, well, I want this to be my logo and this to be my color palette because that's my favorite color and because I really like this logo. But the truth is our branding is not actually about us, it's about attracting the client. So you've got to choose a logo and a color palette, et cetera, based on what will attract the client. And then also, how long has it been since you revamped your brand? Has it been a decade? And for me, that's the part that was true. I haven't updated my branding in a very long time, and I couldn't figure out why I started feeling uncomfortable when I saw my logo or my website or other brand visuals. And lo and behold, I realized that my agency and me have outgrown my beloved Socialite branding. Now, we're still going by Socialite. The name is not changing, but the visuals are. Because, you know, the funny thing about being in business is that I get to know my own brand on a deeper, more developed level as the years proceed. You know, just like a relationship with a human, honestly. It isn't wise to rebrand frequently or just because the latest branding trend looks so attractive. But it is wise to assess whether my visual presentation matches the work my agency is doing and the clients that we want to attract. If you have not made this assessment in your own business, you should consider it. Perhaps you'll find that your branding is still spot on, or perhaps you'll sense that it should be updated a year or two from now. Not quite yet, but soon. Or maybe you've had the unwavering feeling, as I have, that this is the year and now is the time for a rebrand. I am really excited about it. I cannot wait to show you all. Today's episode of The Kate Show is brought to you in part by the Window Coverings Association of America. If you're an interior designer, a window treatment specialist, or an installer looking for business growth, listen up. With an annual membership to the WCAA, you'll receive trade discounts, ongoing education, and an exclusive listing in their homeowner-facing directory of professionals. Which, by the way, guys, makes it a lot easier for people to find you. Whether you've been working in the home industry forever, or you're fresh out of design school, the WCAA can help you take your business to the next level whether you're just trying to scale up or you're just getting started. Go to WCAA.org for more details. All right, number four, delete the business chores that are not serving you. <laughs> wait wait a minute, deleting your chores? Sounds similar to letting the dog eat your homework. And honestly, I'm a fan. When I find myself in a tizzy, unable to get everything done for my business's internal needs, I've learned to take a breather and assess why... I need to do all these things. Everything I'm struggling with gets dumped into one of three categories. Stuff that has to be done that only I personally can do. Stuff that has to be done but not by me. And then lastly, stuff that doesn't have to be done at all. Let me break that down. Stuff that has to be done by me personally would be Consulting with clients, podcasting, providing creative and practical direction for my team, coordinating with my CFO and board of advisors and other CEO kind of stuff. The next category, stuff that has to be done but not by me, include answering support emails, preparing projects, implementing client feedback, and creating content. And lastly, stuff that doesn't have to be done at all, but is still being done and taking up a lot of time due to old habits or misguided thinking include things like posting on social media or guest speaking at webinars. Those things for me personally are a waste of time. That means they're not being done anymore. And you guys know that on social, I post like once a week, mainly because I like to at least stay a little bit current, but I'm not too worried about it. And I know a lot of you aren't either at this point. The big reason why I have these three categories is because I have to constantly check myself. Like, am I doing stuff that my team should be doing? Am I doing stuff that doesn't need to be done? How can I clear my schedule so I can focus on doing things that I need to do? And this is something that takes practice. I still slip up and I still get overwhelmed and I end up with a migraine. And I'm like, what on earth am I doing with my time? And I have to go back and reassess. And sometimes it's a matter of I completely overbooked myself with things that I personally only can do. And that is a different issue. That means I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, I am not estimating my time, or prioritizing my time correctly. And that's something that we all just have to figure out and live and learn, you know, but once I have sorted things out, and I know what I need to do and what my team needs to do and what can be deleted from the list entirely, I'm a lot more productive. And you will be too, even if you don't have a team. Because I can hear some of you right now, you're like, well, Kate, it must be nice. If you don't want to do something, you just give it to your team. (laughs) But that's not true. There are plenty of things that I will wake up in the morning and be like, oh, I have to do that today. I don't want to do that today. But I can't give it to a team member because it's actually my thing to do. And that's when I just suck it up and do it. And then I'm glad it's done. You know, one thing that I have noticed between um, serious entrepreneurs, and those who are just still kind of treating their business like a hobby is that the hobbyists will say, Well, I do need to get these things done. But I don't feel like it today. So I'm just not going to do it today. The true entrepreneur says, I am going to push my feelings aside temporarily, just temporarily and get this done. And then I'll pick up my feelings again and it'll be just fine. Like I'm not talking about being hard, I'm not talking about going numb, but there has to be some compartmentalization and that's what I'm doing here. I have to compartmentalize tasks and feelings in order to get things done. Number five, find the slow spots in your business and reduce the lag time. Now Sometimes things take a long time in business, and that's just the nature of it, like a big client project or blogging or learning how to manage your revenue. However, most drawn out situations in business can be improved by using a better system and adjusting your process. So here are a few legs your business might be facing. You might want to blog, but you keep spinning your wheels when you try to write a post and therefore nothing gets published. Or... You don't really understand how your business revenue is being spent, and therefore you aren't sure how much you can pay yourself or when you can afford to hire someone to help you because managing your money feels weird and scary. Or you offer a service that is time intensive and you never seem to allow enough time for it. Or the project often goes over time due to client delays. If any of these legs sound familiar to you, you probably already know what you need to do. Outsource it or hire some help. That hired help will either do the work for you or simply help you create a system so that you can accomplish more in less time with a higher rate of accuracy. Now, again, I can hear some of you like, oh, well, okay, it must be nice to just hire people to do things you don't want to do or can't do. But the truth is, guys, I had to start hiring people before I felt ready, before I felt financially ready, before I felt mentally ready. And that grew my business because it freed up my brain. I was suddenly able to focus on the more CEO level stuff where I'm making decisions, making more money, moving the business forward instead of being bogged down with, hmm, how do I use QuickBooks? Honestly, I have no idea how to freaking use freaking QuickBooks. I don't even like it, but it's necessary. So I have someone who does it for me. And again, I had to start hiring people to do stuff for me before I felt ready and then because of that i became ready and things became a lot more successful so don't let the slow spots and the lag time become the sticking point for you because then it will stop everything in your business and you will not be able to move forward no matter how fast you work all right number six quit trying to compete based on pricing Now, I've heard from a few home pros lately who are losing jobs due to their lower priced competitors. And while these entrepreneurs could reduce their prices as well to, quote unquote, remain competitive and continue playing this game, which, by the way, always ends with all parties making just a little bit of money, like they're not successful. Why not instead? Could we just change the rules of the game? What if instead of competing on price, you competed on ideal clients? What if your ideal client was so specific and your services were so attuned to their needs that your competitors simply couldn't compete? Because let me tell you a little secret here. The companies who market themselves based on being affordable are also very generalized. They have no specific ideal client. They are just throwing offers into the wind, announcing I'm cheap into the megaphone of their brand, thus attracting the tight wads who hire them again and again, not because they're good, but because they're good enough. And mostly because they're cheap. Do you want your business to be known for being cheap? There will always be a market for that. Think Walmart, Target. But there's also a huge market for Chanel and Gucci. You get to decide where you want to land. Using my own business as an example, you guys know as well as I do that marketing agencies are a dime a dozen. And so are podcasts. So then why are you here listening to me? And why are so many of you actively working with my agency? Based on what you've told me, you're here because you like the fact that my messaging and our services are tailored to your specific needs as an entrepreneur in the home industry. Your clients would feel the same way about you. They want you to be so focused on them that your competitors simply don't matter anymore. Do I have competitors? Yeah, sure, technically, but I can't really name them. I I don't even know. Because if they serve the home industry and offer some of the same services that we do, they're still going about it in a completely different way, which isn't right or wrong, but it's just vastly different than what we're doing here at Socialite. For you, make sure your services are centered on your ideal client. Make the client experience the way that your client needs to receive them. Do this and you'll find that your competitors start falling by the wayside because you're making yourself far too unique to compete. Number seven, this is a big one. Respect your own prices. Policies and procedures. If you've ever sent an estimate to a client and felt pressured to justify your pricing, it's too late. Your pricing should be justified before the client approaches you, because the perceived value of what you offer should outweigh the price you put on it. You don't need to explain why your hourly rate is $150. Doing so will make you appear unconfident. Your rate is your rate, and that is that. If you believe that your pricing is not negotiable, nor will they. And also stop giving allowances or making excuses for clients who were aware of your deadlines or appointments and disregarded them. If they don't show up, they need to reschedule based on your normal availability, not your rushed squeeze them in last minute availability. If they don't provide the information or feedback you've clearly communicated that you need from them by a reasonable and specific date that you told them, Their project needs to either be put on hold until your schedule allows for it, or they will need to incur additional invoices from you to rush the project and get it back on track. If a client feels like they are an exception to your well-honed process by which you would normally conduct their project, you need to push back firmly and professionally. They are not the exception. There are no exceptions. Your processes are in place for a reason. And while you can be flexible, you can't be so flexible that your own system falls apart. That would create havoc for your team and their project while distracting you from the other aspects of your business. Showing people that you respect your own pricing, timeline and process will teach them to respect those things too. And holding yourself and your clients accountable will encourage everyone to rise to the occasion. That's a big part of glowing up your business and you know the best part about glowing up is that it really requires big changes as we all know small details make the design right and these are the small details that you need to be aware of in your business to help yourself thrive as an entrepreneur because you're not an employee anymore even if you have a side gig i don't care for all intensive purposes you are not an employee anymore you're also not a freelancer put on your ceo pants and get glowing All right, guys, until next time, keep your marketing simple, your message clear, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Visit us at thekateshowpodcast.com, where we empower home professionals with marketing confidence.